0: Eight, eight, three, five, two, four, one, four. This is Learning with Leslie I'm on the line with none other than Meg Levu, who start, who left her job as a government worker to start a wedding photography business with her husband, Kevin. She eventually started GetInTheLab.com, which, which started as an audio podcast, later became a video podcast, and now she helps those who are willing to help themselves by means of failing fast and having fun, too. Her podcast has gone through a number of phases, from... Uh, youtube to publishing in itunes and finally publishing natively on facebook which exploded her facebook fan page growth in a time when others are complaining about facebook and has fueled the growth of her business i brought her on here to talk about how to start and grow a video podcast using facebook that's what we're going to be talking about today meg LeVu, welcome how are you doing today
1: I'm great. Thank you. That intro is fantastic. It's like the most hyped up intro ever. I love hey, it.
0: I figure if we're going to do it, we might as well go all in and have fun <laughs> while doing it.
1: <laughs> this is fun, man. I love the intro music playing. That's cool. That's really cool. I well, love it.
0: well, thank you very much. Okay, so let's talk about What's going on with you and this journey? Because anytime I hear Facebook, one of the things I think about is, man, reach. I'm not sure what's going on, what direction they're going in. But it's <laughs> interesting to see what you've done on Facebook. So let's actually go back. Before the podcast, before the the iTunes and Facebook and all that good stuff, why did you start an online business?
1: Well, I started because I was frustrated with my 9-to-5, which I was doing hazmat for the the county of Riverside. And um, I thought that's something that I wanted. And uh, that's like, oh, okay, let's, let's go find a job that's safe and it has benefits. That was kind of my goal back in the day when I was like 23. Mm-hmm. And um, I got it. And uh, to my surprise, it came with some consequences like a really long commute and uh, really – uh, really detrimental effects to my health and to my back because of this commute and because of the dro- the the type of work. It's a lot of sitting down and all that stuff. You know, not not uh, untypical from the, any other nine to fiver. Um, and I thought that's something that I wanted, but then it just didn't make me happy. And even when I got transferred to a, a closer location, I still wasn't happy. And so I was bringing all that negativity home. And my husband who has always been an entrepreneur was always doing uh, wedding photography. And, um, we really decided to take it full throttle by the both of us working on it full time. And so when we did that back in 2013, uh, 2012, I was able to leave my job and go do that for like seven years or so. Um, and so we started to do that and I thought maybe, you know what, I need, I'm need. i still not quite happy. I mean, I'm happy that we have a, a business that, that uh, supports us and uh, we're in a good, a good space. But creatively and for my own thing, I, like, I needed my own thing. And so I, I decided to create a couple of things, one of those being uh, Get in the Lab. And so that brought me there. And so with Get in the Lab, I, I really struggled in the beginning to find out what my one thing was. Um, I was all over the place with all kinds of stuff. And I still always kind of feel like that. But I know that my calling and my passion is video. And so more and more, I kept being drawn to video. And soon enough, I started teaching people how to use video, even though I'm not formally trained in how to how to shoot video and all this stuff. I really kind of just learned along the way, like all of us do. And uh, I, I just found myself teaching people about video and how to use video in your marketing your business, and that led us here.
0: Now, now let's talk about your background because you, you did a B.S. in health science and public health. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Okay, yeah.
0: So you you did a this is a question that i get all the time uh because my my um my i have a bachelor's in biology a master's in neurobiology and now i'm blogging so <laughs> so you know you you did a bs in health science obviously at some point you thought that this was something you were interested in is that that correct
1: at some you know man let's let's take it back so college well, yeah <laughs> college is like yeah college was like um I, I was a, a little bit resentful at the end of college, and um, I don't take it back. that's just how I was. I was a little immature at that time, and I really wasn't passionate about anything at that time. I knew that I was passionate about you know, uh making my parents happy. Ah. <laughs> so I did the degree for my parents, but in the end i i uh, at that time, I was just really not I was kind of full of resentment from uh uh for myself and um, you know, at the time, it's like, Being Asian and getting a degree, that's what's expected of you. Mm. And so um, I don't regret that time at all because that's where I met my husband. Um, That's where I learned how to write. That's where I learned how to do a lot of things. And At that time, I just I wasn't in the right mindset. But uh, health science for me was just something it came. It's so easy for me. Versus all the other uh, degrees that I was trying. So I was like, let's just do this. I'm going to get the degree. It's based in science. So I got like my my bases covered. It's not a BA. I was thinking, oh, it's not a BA, you know, and it's not a liberal arts major. Uh, I think I'll cover my bases if I just b- get a, a, you know, a, a science based degree. Right. I didn't know I was going to get into hazmat. I didn't know. I was just like, like a lot of college students, like, let me just choose the best option at yeah. this time. That's what happened. Um, and I learned how to write during that time. And that's something that, a skill that I carry on into this day where I really, really enjoy writing. It took me only like two months to write my book um, because I learned how to write during that time. So I, that's the kind of the, one of the best things that came away from college among other things. But yeah, I had a very small interest in it and it was just like, checking off the boxes at that time it's like okay cool science-based okay cool i'm good at it it's easy it's not incredibly stressful to do um yeah so that's how that came about so (laughs) i'm
0: i'm I'm curious then you're you're studying health science yeah um at this point before the blogging before the photography and all that stuff Mm -hmm. were you interested in video at all or did you have any hints that hey this video thing is kind of interesting oh
1: yes yeah tons of hints. So I've always um, been creative. And for me, I would always make uh, like little um, like home videos whenever my family and I would go on vacation. And I didn't know that that's what vlogging was. But that was back in the day. I didn't even know about YouTube or anything. Um, And even when YouTube was was happening, I didn't go on it. Um, I didn't know how to do that thing, you know, Uh, but I would make little videos on my on my computer and they were just home videos for us to to enjoy. So I've always enjoyed video and being in front of the camera and telling that kind of story and using that medium to create art um, and to create stories. So, yeah, I've always had that inkling.
0: You know what's interesting? A lot of people, when they think about, you know, hey, what do I want to start a blog about? What do I want to start a podcast about and what do I want to start a video show about or anything of that sort? they often struggle to choose a topic. But I find, uh, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm thinking about my own experience, I find if you look back far enough, you're going to see that there were certain things that you were really just passionate about even from a young child or, or growing up or whatever the case might be. And I think oftentimes where we're we're taught to think that, well, you can't build a business doing that, or you can't get a job doing that. You can't do something significant with that thing. That's just that thing that you do for fun. Mm. And it sounds, from what you're saying, and when I think back to my experiences as a student and how I was interested in technology and video and all that stuff, if we just kind of look back at some of those moments, we'd get a good inclination as to hey what what could i potentially start something about do you find the same thing
1: yes and it's so it's like it kind of makes me mad a little bit (laughs) because i like it's like why couldn't i just um, like go research or something like everybody has a gift, right, and I'm starting to realize this more and more because as you as you get kind of deeper into business, you realize your your shortcomings, right? I obviously have a an inkling for video and being creative and story and all this stuff, but there's a ton of other stuff that I suck at and so <laughs> uh and so I try to fill those gaps and I try to learn, and for all of my trying and for all of my learning i'm I'm not. Um, going to be the best at those things because they don't come naturally to me. Mm. And so that's when, you know, uh, you know, working with people and collaborating with people and building teams and stuff kind of comes into play and is becomes very important. But over the time, we sometimes forget that we have these natural gifts, natural talents for a reason, right? And we keep trying to make our weaknesses and we hear this all the time. Mm. I hear this all the time. And still, i don't pay attention or I don't listen or whatever I keep doing the habit of trying to make my weaknesses better or focusing on my weaknesses too much instead of really diving in deep and hitting hard on what I'm truly passionate about and what's freaking easy for me right like I just told you I'm really creative and yet I don't I don't find myself doing too many creative things because I'm too worried about making money or I'm too worried about making a sale or whatever the case and like it gets kind of uh um, it it's kind of silly. It's like, why why not follow that? Um, why not follow those green lights instead of following the red lights <laughs> or the orange lights? You know, it's like, hello, there's a green light over here. Um, and I have to remind myself that uh, that I have green lights in front of me. And sometimes I think people kind of run into the same thing. Like mm-hmm. there are green lights out there for you to follow. Um, and, and you have permission to go and follow and pursue. Maybe you don't know how to make that happen, you know. Uh, As far as your passion, like drawing or painting or whatever, but there are ways. There are ways Mm. to make your passion, the thing that you actually really love, and I think we kind of lie to ourselves what our passions are sometimes because we see the trend we we see the we see the boat you know we want to jump on that boat of like oh online business and then we see that one way, and there's so many other ways to go about it, right Leslie
0: it, you know most what I mean definitely yeah right, you, you know so. I, and they, they say hindsight is twenty twenty and if we could go back, we probably would have done it a little different, but we didn't, yeah. and we're here today, so we're making <laughs> the best out of what no regrets. we have let's
1: just yeah let's just learn and, and fall forward and, and exactly just get up and go and do it like you know now so go do it
0: okay sweet so you're, you're doing the photography thing and you decide hey i wanna i wanna do something more i wanna start this get in the lab thing now mm-hmm. first of all i think video i don't necessarily think a lab so tell me where did the name come from get in the lab
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So it was actually, my husband and I were having lunch at uh, BJ's and uh, pizza pizza place, bar place. Um, And I was thinking, man, I really wanted him to get what I was going through as as a struggling podcaster, entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, I would say that our wedding business is pretty much established. So he wasn't, he wasn't in that startup feel and that startup phase anymore. We were kind of in the, in the phase of growth at that point. But for getting the lab and for me doing my own thing, it was very much in the startup phase. Um, I still, and still am. Right. So I'm thinking, you know what? There's a lot of introspective um, self-developmental things that I really enjoy diving into um, kind of like, just really getting to know and uh, and be more self-aware about who I am as a person and as a, and as a business person and entrepreneur and a creative. And I was like, that feels like I'm like experimenting. Mm. I'm experimenting all the time. And so this this phrase just kind of came in my head like I'm in the lab, like get in the lab. And so I was like, oh, B, <laughs> let's, let's call whatever the next thing that we do get in the lab like I didn't I didn't know it was going to be like a show like of course it was going to be kind of like a show but I didn't know the format or Uh I didn't know we were going to talk about but I was just like, dude, whatever it is, whatever we do, let's just call it Get in the Lab because that's what goes down. Like we're always, I feel like I'm always experimenting. I get bored very quickly with the, th- the stuff that I create and that's just kind of, it mirrors my life things change uh, very frequently. So I was like, oh, let's call it Get in the Lab. So that's where the name came from. I
0: think that's part, partly your science background too there. <laughs> so, so well, that's
1: a nice way of saying it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, so you start Get in the Lab. Yeah. And what is the initial? Thing? Like, I don't. Was it a podcast? What it was it a, a blog? What was it?
1: It was a podcast. And you say that was, with
0: a question mark at the yeah, end,
1: yeah? <laughs> because I, what I was, I wanted to do a video show, but I had no way of knowing how to do a video show on iTunes. And at the time, I was like, you can't, you can't not be on iTunes, right? And uh, so I'm thinking, like, how do I do that? I don't know. And I'll just, I'll just like try to distribute it where I can. So in in the in the beginning, it was audio ripped from a video show. Like I really wanted to create a video show, ripped to iTunes because I didn't know how to do the video part. And then I did the video like just straight to uh, to YouTube. So that's how I was doing it in the beginning. Ah. And uh, not until like season three, people were like, "Dude, why is your?" video show not a video podcast on iTunes I was like I don't know because <laughs> I don't know how to do it <laughs> and then I I started talking to people that was this is like after podcast movement uh 2015 they're like dude put it on iTunes I was like okay I don't know how to do it and then I just I kept searching 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 and the only way to do it was through um uh through like a Podbean, and you could pay for video hosting and all this stuff and then I was like oh I gotta change all this stuff but I did it and I experimented with that. And then eventually I, I no longer uh, uh, published a video podcast on iTunes. It's still there. Um, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, I stopped doing that. I actually talked about, I spoke about that at the last podcast movement.
0: So, so, so let's um, dissect this even a little deeper. So the first episode, what are you yep. starting out talking about? What, what, is, what is the podcast about when it first started?
1: Oh yeah, let's see. Oh, it was so silly. Uh, okay, it was Kevin and I. We have the podcast mic set up. It's all kind of janky looking. We had we we set up our um our photo booth background in the back, and we had a bunch of these little like unique toys in the front to kind of make it fun or something. I don't know. Um, it looks so janky, uh, but we were having a lot of fun. You know, and I think the things that we were first talking about were like just questions that we got from people who asked us about, oh, you're a husband and wife team. We weren't yet married yet, but we kind of market ourselves this way, like a husband and wife team uh, who both um, are entrepreneurs and work from home. And so there's a lot of um, kind of hiccups and struggles that we went through. And we would just talk about that on the show. And so it was just like how to how to run a business with your partner, basically. Um, And so... We got a lot of questions at that time for the first like couple of episodes. We just answered those questions. We tried to make it fun. We tried to make it like entertaining where we could involve the both of us. But at, seriously, like I was really trying to force Kevin into this podcasting world and uh, it really just is not his thing. Uh, but he was a good sport and he played along for a couple of episodes until <laughs> until it was like, until I saw, I was like, this is not working. Like you need, you just need to do your thing and I need to do my thing. And I love podcasting so much. Like, I don't want to let it go, but I see that you're not really into it. And so I kind of just, you know, I gave him the slip on the third season, there but we did it. Yeah, we did it for a long time together. And so I'm thankful that he he tried and even though I... We both kind of knew like this wasn't his thing, but he gave it a shot. And so I loved that. And people really responded to him like they really loved seeing him. But it's just not his thing to to be on camera and to be on the mic.
0: All right. So I hear you say, you know, season one, season two, season three, et cetera, et cetera. You break your podcast up into seasons. How long do these seasons go? What's the concept behind the seasons? Tell me a little (laughs) bit about that.
1: It's totally not scientific.
0: (laughs) But the name is so scientific it has to be scientific <laughs> tell me Well
1: well my thing is like well experiment not scientific mm. so experimental can be more like loose loosely defined There you go um, for me, uh, I didn't know about structure of my show, and this was actually inspired by uh, my friend Shannon Hernandez. And he comes from radio, and they have a very clean structure. They know what they're doing, and so <laughs> I uh, I learned from him that oh, you can segment your show, and you can break up your show, and uh-huh. it's okay to stop putting out content. Like I was uh, at the end of season two, we had over a hundred episodes out, um, and we were publishing like almost every day. Oh wow! And so yeah, I was pretty burnt out. So really, the end of season two came because I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like couldn't do it anymore, uh, and I kind of worked myself into the ground, um, which is kind of just my style. I still do that, um, but seasons allow me to take a break, and gotcha. it allows my audience to take a break from me because I put out so much content too. Um, and think, and of course, I I I told you that I get bored easy, so. It allows me to put in new ideas into the show. I don't like having the same format every time. And I get like, I I like to be experimental with my content and and my art, basically. So my videos are kind of like my art because I don't draw too much anymore. So I try to put that creativity in the things that I put out and in the content that I make.
0: So is this still a daily show now?
1: No, 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 no. It's very sparse now. It's just like whenever I feel like I have good content because I have so much content out there, I can just repurpose and rehash. Um reshare and all that stuff. Um, I feel that I have a, a very good portfolio behind me and my brand. And so nowadays it's just whenever I have a good interview or I have a good piece of content to share and I feel that it would be helpful for my audience, then I then I go out and create some content. But I don't pressure myself too much anymore to put out, you know, super consistent content like I used to.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So let's go through kind of the evolution of get in the lab. You sure. start out, you start off with a video that's going on YouTube, and you strip out the audio, you put that in iTunes, yep, and then something happened and you decided to make a change what What happened there?
1: Uh, I decided to make a change because people were urging me to go into video uh video iTunes proper okay like go you know launch the show as a proper video podcast and so I did that for season three, and we did that for a couple of episodes, like twenty some episodes. And I got a pretty good response from that. But at the same time, I found that in my results, um, it was harder for me to get people to click on links where I wanted them to go to collect to start building my email list and all this stuff. And so it was just kind of lacking. It was very well produced. But it felt to me, it felt like a shell. You know, I wasn't getting the engagement that I wanted. Um, It was there a little bit, you know, we got featured on like Huffington Post and entrepreneur dot com, but like I wasn't feeling it with my audience. I wasn't feeling connected to them. And so I started to experiment with just posting it straight up to Facebook um, the, the video straight away and then posting to YouTube. And I love these places because the moment somebody comments on it, I can see exactly who that is and I can go hit them up and I can leave them personal messages on Twitter or whatever. Right. So I can, I can have more of an engagement with my audience. And so I started to do that for season four and season four, I I think is probably the best, um, the best season so far. Um, I mean, we're st- I'm still in season five. So, so far, I think it's the best. And it, it makes sense because you just, you learn and you get better as you go. Um, and it's the most inspirational. It's the most creative. Um, and I think it's the one that uh, has reached the most people because with Facebook, you can put some money behind the episodes that are engaging and that are doing well. And you can reach even more people, right? And you can target specific groups of people. Um, and so I found that I had more control. Uh, over the audience and the people that I wanted to connect with, with using Facebook and YouTube.
0: So you, you put it in iTunes. It was good because you were reaching people, but you didn't have that connection with them. Yeah, and that yeah. engagement from the comments and the and interacting with your audience directly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I found for me, um, th- I I really needed to follow where I could be be the best for my show and for my people and then where I could actually make a profit as well, right? So I wasn't making a profit in, uh, in iTunes because it's so hard to get people. For me, it was hard for me to get people to click on links um, and to get engaged with me there in iTunes because I feel like iTunes is very passive. Yeah, You're in a passive state of consuming content. Interesting. And I wanted something where it's like I'm, I'm putting together and producing very high-quality content, um, one, because I love it, but two, because this is supposed to support my business, right? I'm not just putting out content for yeah. free and not, not trying to make a business out of it. So I needed to go where my money was. And that was Facebook primarily. And then YouTube was a great supporter in, just, in, in, in terms of building relationships, like real relationships with people.
0: Very interesting. And I, what you're saying, I don't think it's a just you thing. When you're Mm -hmm. listening to a podcast, when I'm listening to a podcast, for example, I might be driving in my car. I might be working out at the gym. I'm not sitting down and watching a video where there's a link that's right there that I can click on and get access to whatever it is you're sharing.
1: Right. Exactly. So, you know, with YouTube, there's so many places that you can leave a link. You've got annotations. You've got cards. You've got the description. You've got so many ways to get people to click on something. Right. That click. So that was really important for me to focus on instead of just creating content that was, you know, for the passive listener. And my audience is not that big. So for those, for those you know, podcasters who have huge audiences, they can probably count like, well, I'm reaching so many people, somebody's got to click. So the numbers yeah. make sense for them. But for me, um, you know, business is a numbers game and the numbers weren't working out for me there. So I needed to reach more. And the way that I could do that was with Facebook.
0: Okay. Well now what's your topic now? Because I know in the beginning it was you and your husband talking about, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurship as a couple. What is it now?
1: So um now it's interviewing uh entrepreneurs that inspire and that I admire. So they're they're usually people that I um connect with and that we vibe with because we do them live in um not live, but we do them in our studio in Fullerton. Oh, okay. so, The reach for getting guests on the show. This is primarily for season five. It's primarily an interview-based show, um, which I haven't done in such a long time since my like uh, audio-only days. So um, the reach is pretty small, and it's uh, I keep it pretty uh, refined, and uh, the you know the episodes come out very seldom because of how much has to be set up, Um, and it's just me most of the time, you know, setting all of this up. Um, But yeah, it's just. Uh, entrepreneurs that in, that I admire, that uh, I have a connection with, and that can aim to inspire my audience.
0: So I'm curious. You said this is local in. I mean, this is in Fullerton, uh, mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. Where are you meeting these entrepreneurs? Uh,
1: mostly online, or they know me from some other thing, or we're friends before, or um, one. My first one was a client of mine, and so it's just kind of random. It's all over. But it's usually the my defining thing is I have to be able to vibe with them. Mm. Like we have to get along um, because it's it's that it's that deeper connection where we're sitting in front of each other, um, you know, not not in front of a mic behind our computer, like, you know, in my pajamas, <laughs> I'm totally in my pajamas, Leslie. So, um, you know, it's it's just a little bit more uh, effort, I guess. And so, um, I always want to make sure that both of us are comfortable and kind of in our element, and um so far we've only have like you know four episodes in the bag for season five and it's it's going to be quite slim because not not too many people that I know and vibe with are out here in California, so, namely in the o c
0: so if you if you're not creating this content consistently what What's your monetization model behind this? Like, how are you getting, you know, you, you said it's a it's a numbers game when it comes to you making a decision as mm-hmm. to which platform you're going to be in. What is your business? Like, how does that work?
1: Okay, so um, outside of these interviews, uh, I have a couple of other things. So um, I'm regularly uh, creating ads and content that push towards a couple of opt-ins. So I have my free video podcasting course um, I have a free video starter guide. Um, I have a school, so a bunch of courses and so I create content specifically to sell those things, um, sell or promote those things and those are just one off videos or playlists that I put out there into the stream and then put some money behind it
0: Got it so you're basically you have these courses and you're running ads to these courses so you're you're building a business on getting people to whether opt in for something and then selling them, uh, access to a course or something of that sort. Right.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And do you use these pot, the video podcasts to promote these products and services as well? I mean, these products that you're creating as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a couple of times, like during, during the episode, I'll have like a commercial break. And then I can like even uh, either create a commercial about my own stuff or something that I'm promoting that I have an affiliate um, partnership with. Um, I always do a call to action at the end of my videos to uh, funnel people into my free my free like guides. I have a couple of guides that I use, um, and then as well as I have vlogs. Like um, vlogs are just my therapy to document everything that I'm kind of going through as an entrepreneur, working from home and all this stuff, all of these little things that make me, me. And, um, that has a very small following and, and every now and again, like a sale will come from a vlog. They're like, Oh, I appreciate what you're doing. Like I'll go buy a book, you know, um, off of Amazon or something like that. And, and that was really effective actually during the time when I was, uh, promoting the book on Kickstarter the vlogs were actually really uh, instrumental. And I think that makes sense because the vlogs are very transparent. And I was putting everything like out there, like, oh, my God, uh, the book is not like number two at this time. And we got to get to number one, all this stuff. <laughs> and I would just put everything out on the vlog and like try to make it as creative as possible, which um, is not always the case. But, um, yeah, it just kind of documents what's going on. And, and even that itself, which is very much just for fun for me, um, is a way into my paid courses and products and 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 stuff like that.
0: Love it. So, how often are you vlogging? Then is that also kind of whenever you feel like it,
1: or yeah, whenever I feel like it. Gotcha. <laughs> whenever I have time, you know, I take on some some work for for clients where we do like uh, video editing services and branding trailers and shows and stuff like this. Like people who need help with the editing stuff, um, and so that. Sometimes takes over and I don't get to vlog as much, gotcha. but I just I, I try to do it as much as I can. It's okay. like my therapy.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this whole process of starting and growing a vlog, a, 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 not a vlog, but a video podcast using mm-hmm. Facebook. Let's say I want to do that right now. Okay. W- where do I start?
1: Okay. I think uh, you want to start with content. So with video, it's a different, it's a different medium, right? So if, if a podcaster is going into video... Um, I think the the best thing to understand first and foremost that video is in is more in line with entertainment and or inspiration. That's the only reason somebody's going to watch your video, however long or short it is. It's got to be entertaining and or inspiring. Uh, my stuff kind of falls on to the inspiration side because I don't, I don't, I feel that people when they hear the word entertainment, they're thinking cats, they're thinking like crazy things, or you know the things that are kind of like maybe too silly for for some of us, especially for me. I am an introvert, so I, the the content that I make is is entertaining in a way, but I I always try to be more inspiring and tell an inspiring story, um, and I just have that way about me that that's my style. So that, I think that's the first thing to. To remember when you're making video content is that it has to be, uh, you have to be mindful of the entertainment factor and/or the inspiration factor. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: that makes perfect sense. I mean, when you yeah. watch, when you most of the videos that I see uh, shared on Facebook is either something entertaining, it's something inspirational. Maybe, uh, of course, now there are a lot of political stuff that you see out there, but yeah, gener- I try to hide all that. Yeah, stuff, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Generally speaking, you're getting. Entertainment, inspiration, sometimes education, but sometimes, not, not as yeah. much on Facebook. So I, I, think, I think you're right there.
1: Oh yeah, I mean nobody really wants to learn. Actually, I mean that's that's really the thing. They want to be entertained. Yep. They're they're checking Facebook, and I because I do this all the time. I'm just going to shout out myself. I'm not bashing you per se, the listener. Um, but when I go to Facebook, I want to be entertained. I do want to see a little cute kitten, <laughs> <laughs> or a, like a flying cat, or what you know, whatever. Like I want to be entertained. And uh, if you want to teach something, they have this term in in YouTube called edutainment, mm. right? So you have to be educating, uh, but being entertaining. So it's like they would say, I would hear uh, successful YouTubers say it's 90% entertainment, 10% education. Okay. Um, That's kind of daunting because... It, it means that you have to put a little bit more energy into what you're doing. Maybe, maybe you're already a very entertaining person. I don't think I am. It's something that I have to work on. So I go the inspiration route where it's like I'm telling inspirational stories and being like, oh, the hustle is hard, the struggle, all this stuff. So I talk about that stuff. Um, and people can relate to me on that front. But, um, yeah, I think the, it's really important to remember that. So I've done the whole talking head thing. And they do okay um, but, yeah, you have to realize you're going to be on camera and it's and it's everything that you're saying and not saying on video mm. that's going to be captured and relayed to the audience. Um, and that's just something to be aware of. You can't control everything. Uh, but have fun with it, you know. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big thing too is have fun with it, have fun with your content, connect with people, look into the camera. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of little minute things that go with creating video content. But I think if you have this... concept down where it's like i need to understand that my audience needs to be entertained before i teach them something
0: that's i think that's such a very important concept because i think a lot of bloggers myself included from time to time uh we think about you know i'm trying to help people and Mm -hmm. in order to help them they need to learn these principles or the the steps of how to do such and such Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: as you mentioned that's not why people are going to facebook
1: yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not. So
0: I think that's a, a very important point. Okay, so we we start with the content. We really th- think about you know our audience and what they are trying to 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 get from that information from from the content that we are are, are creating. We make sure that we're we're entertaining or we're inspirational or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Then what do we do?
1: And then um, I think it's a matter of consistency. So if you've got your content down. Um, and you, you haven't been posting video before, uh, it's a matter of being consistent and communicating, opening up that door of communication to your audience. Like, Hey, you can expect me to post every Tuesday, 9am for the next couple weeks or whatever, whatever, however long your season is. Right. Um, and this is something that I don't even follow. Like I would do that. I was going to
0: ask you that. This (laughs) is
1: something that like, (laughs) this is, so this is like best practices. And like, I forget all the time to like uh, say everything, uh, to my audience and, and keep them, uh, you know, kind of like on the same page with me because I, I move so quickly and I run, uh, I'm a part of other businesses as well. And so it's all forget, but if, if this is your main focus, which I highly recommend that you do and don't be like me and try to do like all these other things, um, just be very clear, be very clear with your audience. And I, I, I really, I highly suspect that you'll, you'll make a better connection at faster right, uh, as far as putting out video. So opening up that door, you know, setting the expectation, and then holding yourself accountable to those expectations. And you can fill in the gap. Like say you have, um, uh, you know, a set video content show and you have a little content map laid out for yourself, which I recommend that you do as well. Um, you can fill in those gaps of when you're not posting your actual episodes with either live video or vlogs or straight up blog posts like you, Leslie, or um, when you're being interviewed on somebody else's show, like fill in the gap. And um, on Facebook, it's still the very daily interaction thing. Um, The people that are very successful with Facebook, they post like five times daily on Facebook, like five times every day. That's crazy to me. Um, <laughs> I haven't got to that point, but like the people that do that who are really opening up that door and engaging with that audience with those numbers, like I have 33K, but I would say that honestly, they're, they're not as engaged as I would like them to be. That's a nice number, yeah. but am I getting the engagement that I want? Heck no, actually. And I, I think that's because of my posting schedule. And it just takes it takes a lot, you know, and that's honestly, that's that's the case. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy to to utilize Facebook, but it's still very possible.
0: Got it, got it. And, you know, I I think that's, it's an interesting concept. It's an important concept because there are a lot of things that I teach that are, these are the principles, all right? This is how you build a successful business. And, hey, you want to be consistent. You definitely want to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter was born. And when that happened, consistency, you know, I wanted to be consistent, but it didn't exactly happen. I think sometimes that's a part of what we do. I think there are things that we can do to increase our success even when those things happen. But I think Mm -hmm. it's important to emphasize, hey, this is the ideal. This is what you want to be doing. And if you want to make this your thing, then be consistent with it. Be, be serious about what you're doing. Let your audience know that you can expect a new video every Monday or whatever the case might be. So I, yeah. think, I think that's an important concept.
1: Definitely. And that's, uh, you know, I have to remind myself because you know, you, life gets in the way. Or you don't feel like it or you're having a bad day or whatever, you know, like, you know, you're human. Um, But I think remembering to, to just be on the same page with your audience and to let them know that you care. Like, yeah, life's in the way, but you still care. You're still here. Um, is, is is I think very very important, and we need that human connection. All of us crave this human connection, no matter what. Yeah, we want to make money. Yeah, we want to you know get a lot of views and a lot of likes, but we really are craving just human connection. And so, if you show that to your audience, I think that's really going to go miles and bounds for you.
0: Got it. So you're creating this great content entertaining uh, or inspirational you are having fun with it you're looking into the camera and all that good stuff you're being consistent you're maybe you have a content map and all that good stuff now let's talk about the actual posting to facebook mm-hmm. what process do you go through when you post to facebook in terms of your titles in terms of your the, the description or links what, what, what does that look like for you
1: For me, I think of a title that it's still kind of the same. Right. So um, it kind of depends. So when I was doing uh, like solo shows, um, I tried to create a title. Um, Of course, it's related to what I'm talking about, but I'll try to pick a keyword that people are searching for maybe maybe even it's it's trending or something like that, so I'll try to include that in the headline and in the description. A lot of times that didn't happen, but if you can if you can be strategic about what you're talking about in your show, this is something I highly suggest because um, if anything um, it it can be searchable in in Google, right so having that keyword uh, kind of juice in your post in that title in that headline, right um. And there are there are ways to craft your headline in a way that makes them more clickable and you can just Google that. So like how to write effective headlines um, and try to write that because there's still, um, I think, I forget too, or I get lazy. That's probably the better word. Mm-hmm. I get lazy and I don't write, uh, I don't go and research a type of clickable headline. And um, it's just the work that you have to do in the back end, in the post, right? in the meta stuff. So creating a clickable headline, that's really important. And then coming down into the description, um, I give I usually for for season five right now, I'm doing an intro and a tag to whoever's being interviewed, right? So I'll tag everything that I can in this video that is relevant. Um, I'll even tag our studio. Um, I'll tag myself in there as well, so it'll be shared to my personal page. Um so I tag my guest, I tag their business if they have one in Facebook, so I tag whatever I can. Huh. And then I write some relevant information and maybe like the the highlights and the main things that the audience is going to get by listening to this interview. So it's very similar as to, you know, the description that you would write for your podcast on iTunes. And hopefully you're writing, you know, very long descriptive yeah. things for for iTunes as well. Um Yeah, it just helps. And so and then in the video tags, um, I try to pick ones that that already kind of pop up um, because I feel like I could create my own tag, but it's not going to work. So um, this one I'm kind of been experimenting with. So it'll say video tags and I'll tag video, I'll tag interview, I'll tag business, I'll tag marketing, I'll tag... Social media marketing and all the ones that kind of pop up already. I'll see what what auto populates in the tags, and I'll pick the ones that are relevant, and I'll just tag as many as I can. And then for the for the thumbnail, you can choose to have uh, text in your thumbnail, but you know it has to follow uh, the twenty percent rule. So, are you familiar with the twenty percent rule? Yep. Yesie. Okay. I am. So, um, I try not to. To choose that because I just try to choose an attractive thumbnail, or maybe um, an attractive can mean a couple of things. So w- one of them was like, uh, you know, me and um, uh, Tamara were like looking at a squirrel or something like where it was like squirrel <laughs> from the movie Up, right? Like a oh, squirrel, and uh, I was like, oh, that looks kind of funny. Like, let me try that one, and then I'll do this a couple of times now. So um, I won't just post once. I'll post different screenshots from the interview. And then kind of play around with that, like see which one gets the most engagement because you never know. So I like I like to test certain things first in Facebook. And so maybe I'll do like a simple link. Maybe I'll do one that has a long post. Maybe I'll do one that's like um, a little short clip. You know, there's tons of ways that I could test which is the best way to get people to watch the show. And um, I'm still kind of going, hey, go to the show notes here and you can check out the video on my website and then also to posting natively. So I have a couple of feelers out there to see which one people are going to watch the most and engage with the most. Um, but yeah, that's it. And then for, for the thumbnail, you can do something you know highly strategic with like text on there, but you got to follow the 10, 20% rule. I just choose a, a good looking one there. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's kind of my posting schedule so
0: what's interesting about that is a lot of that is very similar to what you do on youtube yeah but i yeah, think it's becoming exactly. more relevant now on facebook as facebook's search uh, capabilities is uh, getting better and better because when you search for a topic now you see the people you see the um status updates that pe- you can go to these different sections and one of these sections are videos yeah and i exactly. i like that you mentioned the whole um trending topics because this is something that i'm hearing a lot more often recently in my interviews if you can keep current if you can be talking about stuff that's happening right now as people are searching for that content they're going to be more likely to find your stuff and that can bring some traffic to your blog to your podcast to whatever it is you're doing now when you when you post your show on your blog do you post it on your blog by the way
1: yeah. Um so I'll I'll post in uh, YouTube and take that embed uh code and then put that into my blog.
0: Is there a reason you you use the YouTube as uh embed as opposed to the Facebook embed?
1: You know, um I haven't I haven't experimented with that, but I gotcha. think it's just because I'm I'm used to it. Um but I definitely could because maybe um that would probably work out better since I get more views on Facebook. Um and so that like from a social proof standpoint. Yep. It could look better. Um, But yeah, I uh, that's probably just I just, you know, I'm on autopilot. (laughs) and i'm like just posting it and hitting the embed code like but that'd be cool i'm gonna try that that's something i've been
0: that's something i've been experimenting with in the past i used to do it and then i stopped because the videos when you embed them on an external site it actually took longer for your your page to load but it seems as if they've made that much better over the last few months so i've started doing that again just kind of to experiment so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes
1: that's great for um, like the lives, right? You yeah. can go ahead and embed a live a live video which exactly. I've been kind of playing around with though. So. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. Oh, Ryan. no problem. I didn't so think about that.
0: No, yeah, no problem. So um okay, we're posting our videos putting it on you on uh, YouTube and on Facebook and embedding the YouTube video on your blog. Now, how did you I mean, you I forgot what the numbers are, but you grew your fan page, let me see and after four to five months from two hundred and thirty two to twenty five thousand, how did that happen?
1: yeah, um ads ads ah. so um actually the first the first thing that we started to to utilize, which I kind of forgot about, but if I go to my um if I go to my page really quick, what did I call it? Um, daily inspirational quotes mm. so these were kind of popping back back in the day not really back in the day but just like a couple of months ago um, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's funny was, how a couple of months ago these days seem, like it the sounds day like it seems like back in the day for real <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like back in the day for me. So um, if I go to my albums on my page and I click on, um, where is it? Daily motivational and self-dev quotes, self-development quotes, right? So what I would do when I was building my likes was that I would go find images that I had either taken um, and then I put quotes on them. And so I have one right here. It's like introverts unite or celebrate the small wins, and then I would write something kind of inspirational. Um, and uh, a lot of these these images, they would get a lot of likes. And I found that using my face got got more engagement than than some other things. So I started to experiment with that. and then just building building um, uh, uh, like relationships in the comments, I would comment back on every single comment. And sometimes, like, I wouldn't know what to say or I would be like, oh, I'm sounding redundant. Like, let me go find some stickers. So I love putting stickers on comments because I, I actually go and I, I'll, like, personally pick all the stickers, which is fun for me. So I like to do that. Um, but the important thing is that the people on the other side, they feel like they're, they're connected to me. Like they're really talking to me, I feel. And so... Yeah, I just started to play around with all the headshots that I have because, you know, my husband and, uh, and uh, um, Jonathan, the, the guy who took over for me in our business for shooting, they always take pictures because I'm always there and I'm always available. So I just put a quote on one of my headshots and I put it out there and that was really helpful in helping me build my likes.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Now you have a book. Tell us yes. about this book, this uh, cookbook.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's a play on cookbooks because I love to cook. And I have two favorite cookbooks. So one is uh, The Four Hour Chef. Awesome, awesome book. It, that that literally taught me how to cook. (laughs) I mean, there was always my mom too. But um, when I was, when my mom wasn't there and I was just trying to do, like learn basic stuff, uh, this book actually taught me how to cook and and got me really interested in cooking. And then uh, most recent one that actually really inspired the formation of this book and, and, you know, uh, making this into a cookbook-like thing uh, was Mang Chi's book. And so she's a Korean YouTuber uh, cook and she, she always makes these really delicious, delicious Korean meals. And so I kind of based it off that, those two books that I read and um, I modeled it after them. And, and instead of cooking or instead of teaching cooking, I was teaching video marketing or video, how to make video.
0: So basically, this, it's the Video Marketers Cookbook. They can check it out at the thevideomarketerscookbook.com. And uh, they're going to learn how to use videos to market their businesses, to market their blogs and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I just teach people how how I make video and then what you can do as far as the posting. And I talk about Facebook and stuff like this and and who I targeted first and foremost. And um, yeah, just kind of the basic things that I was doing. And I'll probably write another one um, since I've already gone through the process and I I learned what that was like. It wasn't too bad. So um, I'm sure I'll write another one in the future.
0: Awesome. And if people want to find out more about you, where's the best place to send them?
1: Uh, you can go to getinthelab.me, not .com, because that one was available. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the dot .me. <laughs> and um, I'm, on, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook. So Instagram is uh, at Megan J. Photo, and Facebook is Get In The Lab Podcast.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here and delivering so much value, Megan. Thank you. You are very much welcome. Hey, guys, hope you got a lot of value from that. I know you got a lot of value from that. This is episode 271. So if you want to to, 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 to see the show notes, you want anything that we spoke about here, don't worry. I got you covered. Go to becomeablogger.com slash 271, and it'll all be there. If you know someone that can benefit from this episode, send them to becomeablogger.com slash podcast. Share this with them so that they can thank you for the awesomeness that they learn, that they will learn in this. And if you're trying to get your blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and change the world while building your online business, you know where to go, freebloggingvideos.com where you get my free course to get started. And if you want to take it to the next level, you want to join my coaching club at bloggercoaching.com. Our members love it, and I know that you will as well. So that's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel here from Becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless 888-835-2414.